It's Vancouver's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hi, this is Angela Barnard coming to you from Canada's podcast at the Vancouver Island Economic Summit. I am super excited to have Mark Smith here from Query Technologies Corporation. Uh, so let's get straight into it. Mark, tell me a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. It's a long one, <laughs> and it didn't start out as an entrepreneurial path. I actually started out in a very, um, well, I started out in the music industry. Oh. And I quickly, it was probably my best business lessons in life, came out of that industry. Wow. Uh, unbeknownst to me, but I was on a path to basically earn a lot of money by the time I was 30. And of course, life changed. I ended up in another business because I thought that could get me there, working for somebody. And about a year into that, in a discussion with the owner of that company at the time, uh, after about 20 minutes, I realized that I had talked myself out of a job <laughs> and found my first investor into my first oh, company. So okay. um, that worked out okay. I was in that business for about three years, while boring with the details. Um, it was, well, it was, we were in the office product sector, and it was, because I'm dating myself because I'm old, um, it was in Vancouver, and I'd just done a deal for private label products, okay. for, for my products, and I was standing in Costco in Lake City and Burnaby, which was the first Costco in Western Canada, and I'm looking up on the shelf, and they're selling copy paper for better than the wholesale deal I had cut. Huh. So it was just before the big box revolution, and I went, I don't think this is going to end well. <laughs> So I sold my business, had an opportunity to come to Vancouver Island on August 1st, 1995. I'm still here. Mm. Wasn't sure. I was doing some consulting at the time. Looked around. My wheelhouse is really business development. Met a whole bunch of people in an emerging technology space in Victoria. Put together a business consultancy helping tech products really get to market. And that's okay. everything from software to consulting. Did that for 10 years. Ended up back in the private sector. Another long story for about 10 years. A few years back, it's like, no, this is all great. I was digging the paycheck, but it's like, this was not me. So I wanted to go back out, which is exactly what I did. So we fired up Query Technologies Corp about four years ago. Okay. The vision was because I've lived that dream of building software and raising the money and crossing your fingers and hope that you make it enough happens. money to get that yep. investment back. Technology's changed, agile builds, you can do things collaboratively with customers whole bunch of different circumstance. So the vision was that we would identify opportunities, but we would partner up or joint venture with the company. So we'd own and control some of the intellectual property, okay. but we weren't taking all of the risk. Like any other business, it always takes longer to kind of get to that market. And along the way, and because I'm lucky enough to have a pretty extensive network on Vancouver Island, lots of folks that I know started me asking, hey, are you still doing consulting? And it's like, no. no. But I'm a startup business and cash flow always is okay. So we went down that path, but as mm -hmm. opposed to going out in the traditional world of consulting and to find that any way you see fit, we led with customer experience. So I've really built really a North American network, um, part of this thing called the CX Accelerator in Nashville, which is a whole group of thought leaders in the customer experience space. And as a result of that, all of the products and tools that we're building we're designing to support those efforts. And at the end of the day, customer experience is you know, really an emerging piece, specifically mm -hmm. in Canada. Companies don't necessarily have it on their on their agenda. They don't necessarily have the resource to hire a chief customer officer. So we can kind of fit the bill in Canada. And then we come along, and our job is, as opposed to consult, is to coach and train, and in a perfect world, leave some of our tools behind that drive value. So that's... So if, uh, let's talk about an applied application. Okay. Can you talk about, are you allowed to talk about one of the companies that you're working with? Yeah, absolutely. From idea to 
what it is that you're producing? Yeah, so we're we're involved with a, a company out of San Francisco, okay. Drisham AI. Uh, Drisham is Sanskrit for vision. That's okay. where the name of that company, and I would like to know that background because I asked that. I had no <laughs> idea what that neat. meant. And and my partners, uh, the folks we're working with in San Francisco, would say that we're in the machine learning space. Okay. AI, you can wrap whatever you want to do around that. The genesis of the idea was really taken from facial recognition software. We've taken it one step further. We're in the product identification space. So imagine you have a tap. You can just hold up that. We can take a picture and we can automatically tell you what that product number is. Iteration okay. two okay. is, imagine if it was a tap, hypothetically, and I'm saying that because we have a large enterprise uh, brand that I can't talk about okay. um, as a customer, um, but they're monumental, but now, so we can take a picture, tell you what the product is. If you were the plumber, it could also give you the parts list because you might know that I need to fix this, but I might need the cartridge. So now when you run wow. down to Home Depot. So the, the product identification space, we're the classic startup that had a clear path on we were going to chase a healthcare market because our co-founder came out of the healthcare vertical. We saw this whole big opportunity. Somebody knew somebody who knew somebody. They were in the plumbing industry. They went, hey, we believe you could ah. solve this problem. And to tie it all back to the customer experience space, at the end of the day, this particular company, big company, has lots of metrics, knows all of their costing. When you call in their yep. call center and they now go, hey, by the way, because they know they spent seven to 10 minutes trying to figure out right. what we're talking about. Right. Now they just go, hey, do you have a smartphone, Angie? And you go, yep. And you can now shoot them an image. And on average, we took three minutes, almost three minutes off a phone call. Mm -hmm. So our business case is actually it's, yeah. We're not a time cost, saving. we're time saving, better customer experience, so all that. So there's the common wow. thread. We can Absolutely. tie all that back. So we actually don't go and talk about technology. It's about, hey, we're trying to improve the lives of your customers. Right. How do you make it easier to do business with you? So you talked about you have a client that we can't talk about, but yeah. who's big corporate. Yep, correct. How can that translate into, say, small business, medium-sized business? Uh, you know, The product so specifically? Accessible. No, you're... The customer experience, time-saving technology that you're building, how, how can it be relevant to yeah. Well, I think the example I would businesses. lay out, um, well, I think it applies to all business. Yes. Because when I say customer experience and I start talking to folks, yeah. uh, and the technology standpoint is they're thinking, oh, it's my point-of-sale system or it's you know some inventory management system. First and foremost, customer experience is much higher level than customer service, so it's about People thinking about your brand even before they get to your store or phone yep. your business, and it's the after. Now Service. I've done this, and yes. if it's required, or hey, I had this great experience, I'm yep. going to go tell my friends. We often get into organizations, and they think the problem's here, but then all of a sudden, it's like, well, if we could fix this. And interestingly enough, we spend a lot of time fixing billing departments and helping sure. automate out. because. It's there when you actually start to talk to people in their organization, but their customers, nine times out of 10, their single biggest pain point with the company is, think about cell phone companies. I can't figure out my bill. Right. I've spent, <laughs> we've all spent hours with providers who shall remain unnamed. And it's like, when I get the supervisor on the phone and you can't explain your bill to me, don't you think that's a monumental that's a problem, problem for your customers? Right. Yeah. Right. So I well, think it's everywhere. What I love about kind of your approach in business for Query is that you're coming from the customer experience lens, right? Which is, yes. if you could translate it to, to every business to come from, okay, so internally, functionally, you know, technically we have these issues to run the business, but 
we're trying to wow the customer, right? At the end of the day, that's the, if, we, if we have a great customer experience, you don't have to worry about competing, right? You don't have to worry about value. The value proposition is in the experience, right? So 100%. I love that. I love that. I, I am going to, and I'm not going to challenge you on your commentary because you're bang on, but it's interesting that you utilize that terminology of wow the customer. And I say to our clients all the time, you know, if, if I go into Starbucks this morning and, yeah. and they know my name because they happen to, the one I go to all the time, and I walk in and I have that great experience because that barista knows me and all of that, that's fantastic. What studies show, big business, little business, what companies, customers really want, maybe the coffee's a bad example, is for companies to be consistent all yes. the time. Yes, yes. And where we hang in, when yes. you start taking process behind that, it's as simple as I can talk to somebody and they go, well, I went to Starbucks today and I always get a Pike always Place roast. Always got a roast, great coffee. But they were out today. So of that particular mm. brand or that blend, so it's like, so is that the barista's fault? And when you then look organizationally, it's like, well, actually their systems are automated to order. So maybe they're out at the warehouse. Maybe the guy forgot to place the order. So you can go all the way through the company. So in the experience piece, all of the touch points before you get there and after, that makes up the whole experience. Because when you study, there's this amazing study out there, Forrester Research did, and every year they take 500 of the top companies that are leaders in their, in their verticals and sectors, and they talk to the CEOs and they go, so how's everything going? Oh, it's fantastic. How are your customer satisfaction? Oh, it's fantastic. And every year it's like, eight, they guesstimate 85 to 90% of their customers are ecstatic. And then they take a thousand of those companies talk customers and basically ask them the same question and and on average it's like less than 10 percent like wow. there is a it's Total not like this disconnect little from disconnect. what their perception is to Total reality disconnect. Right, so right, it's right. Like, and i just want to not end but yeah. to, to jump in on, on our approach yeah and it's interesting because as a tech company and we are we actually the technologies at the end we go in and our value propositions we're going to look at your people your processes, and if you can't show us how the process is going to work, don't try and automate it. The technology is always at the end, and the people piece, if you don't have the leadership, mm -hmm. your organization is right. Because when we show up and somebody goes, oh, my God, they're going to they're gonna fix the billing department, the whole accounting team goes, three people are going. No, no, no. What my job is is we're going to fix the billing department, but I'm going to give you four hours back this week that you right. can be more you productive. Right? Yes. So it's that that piece. Increasing productivity. Awesome. 100%. Bang on. Yep. So you're four years in, yep. right? Mm -hmm. uh, tell me a little bit about your team size, how you work, where you work. We're, well, we started out as we're up to three or four consultants, contractors. Okay. Yeah. We do very specific um, projects and we have some fantastic customers that if you would have told me two years ago, we'd have a customer because they're big companies. Right. Which, by the way, for the most part, are already doing a great job, but recognize we can do better, better. as opposed to trying to get the ones that we think need the help, but aren't quite ready. And you always hear, oh, you know, in six or 12 months. Where's that tipping point? Is it um, good companies want to do better? And how, where is that tipping point for that company that goes, I know what I don't, I don't know what I don't know, right? You know I don't what? know. If, if I knew the answer to that, I'd have a lot more cash. <laughs> but I think honestly, like on a serious note, when you talk to these people, and I'm getting bolder in my journey okay. with customers because I'll talk with CEOs, leadership teams, yeah. and then you'll ask some of those questions. And I always hear, you know what, Mark, we love all those things because you talk about profitability, 
you know, customer churn, employee engagement, all, we hit mm-hmm. all the boxes. Mm-hmm. We love what you're saying. And in six to 12 months, we'll be ready. Because they're in the middle of this big problem. We all, we all live yep. that dream. I'm now bold and I go, I don't think you're ever going to be ready. And sometimes I really offend people. It's like, well, you don't, you don't understand. It's like, no, I get it. The challenge is that these companies will often do this. The graph goes like this. And all of a sudden, we're, we're there. And it's not like they're not making money. They're doing all that. But what if there's such a focus on, and myself included, because you come from that sales, we got to keep driving revenue. we got to keep growing the company. What people don't realize is, like, what if you could improve efficiencies and add yes. 1% or 2% on the bottom line? Then watch what happens. Right. All these other right. formulas kick in. So, I so think it's a bit of growth by not just trajectory, but by cost cutting. Correct. Right. And time saving. Yeah. yeah. So back, because I, mm-hmm. I didn't say I avoided, I skirted your question. <laughs> On team size, we started out with really some marketing people and some subject matter experts. Yeah. The problem is when I engage in a customer in this very specific thing, I need a very specific yes. skill set. Yeah. Most of those people that are really good in that space. I can't afford to have full-time, and they don't want to work for me full-time. Yep, so for we sure. went from this vision of building this okay. out to really I have on our website, Query CX, uh, you will see we've built what we call query collaborators. So I have nice. from nice. There's, I've got the top, the one, there's an organization called the Customer Experience Professionals Association. It's the who's who in that industry, the incoming chair of the board, she's on our advisory. Yep. So we've got people that have, you know, they come from the big world, we draw on their expertise to help drive our business, but then we have local practitioners that we can bring nice. in as and when, and that affords us the opportunity yes. to focus on the product roadmaps on the team. And I started out with an office, had all that stuff in Victoria, and now I'm back working out of home. And part of the reason I had the office was, wasn't even about building the team and the capacity. We had the beautiful border, and we had all of that, and it's like, oh, nobody's ever here. Right. And I love my personal, because of how my life runs, I like to kind of have the office to go to because I always think about, yep. oh, it's Get a out separation. Home, be more productive over there. But I've got a great friend, and we were sitting on my couch one night, and I was kind of making this decision because, of course, it's finance financially, it's a cost. I'm doing, I can travel more, I'll save all that cash. And he just laughed and because he knows me personally. And he looked, my desk was sitting in the corner, and he goes, So what you're telling me is if you didn't have an office, you would stop thinking about your, <laughs> your business all the time. It's like you never shut it off. And of course. Like, okay, valid point. So that said, we're, we're as much as a virtual company, but we have folks People in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah, we're working with the Center for Innovation Excellence in Mumbai to develop some machine wow. learning people cool. because you can't, they're not coming out of university fast enough. There's right. not enough programs created around that. And the Stanfords and those schools that have those programs, uh, we don't have the budgets of the Apple computers and the Ubers who are hiring those guys like year one. It's just like, you're not even getting a shot at those students, just like, they're gone. So it's about how do we, so we, even though we're not there on the the funding and the revenue side, we have that classic challenge of how are you going to build up the capacity piece. And we have problems with our product identification tool, for example, that we didn't know two years ago going into it, because all of a sudden we're dealing with manufacturers that have, there's a client we're talking to right now, they have 300,000 parts. So, not to belabor the point and get off on a technical slant, but the logistics, and for those people watching that will understand the technical piece of our software is you basically have to take some pictures of it, organize it into a database, and get it to serve up somewhere. So right now, that's a fairly manual process. We're starting to digital scan, but when somebody goes, 
we have 300,000 parts. Let's assume you can do an image in 10 minutes. Now, I'm not a Harvard MBA, but 300,000 <laughs> times, times 10, 10. minutes. Um, I don't think we can onboard a lot of clients. Right. So yes, we've kind of, of backed off, and now we're trying to auto think a production line with parts going by, getting yep. scanned, yep. and all that happening. Yep. So yep. if we can solve cool. that problem, that's, that's the next. So we're setting that up as a net new company Kay. on Vancouver Island. What a nice. great story because Love all the R&D, uh, we can work with some There's higher education institutions, um, institutions here. Yep. here that have the digital scanning equipment that are kind of okay. going... Hey, and like your boardroom, it's not being used. Let's we're a real life business work it case. To make like happen. we have a problem we need to solve cool. today. Okay. So um, you talked about you're in Victoria. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about Victoria, British Columbia. Give me just a soundbite of what makes Victoria absolutely distinctive. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So that's a bonus. Um, I, the business climate. So I've been there now 24 years. Okay. Shocking. And. And I would say, add to that that I spill, still spend a lot of time in the Lower Mainland. Okay. And the majority of the business that we're chasing currently is in the U.S. because that's where it showed up. So I'm there a bit. But if you can make, there seems to be a very open network in kind of the tech or transparent information sharing. There's a lot of really smart people. Uh, on Vancouver Island in general. Lots of people that have done well, maybe they've cashed out, exit or whatever, and then they get to Victoria, they're my age, mid-50s, they've got their dough, and then they're bored. So then you can find these people, whether they're on your advisory or your building. So how do we get them here, Mark? Uh, there's lots that are here. There's, <laughs> okay. there's That's what, you know, when I've been to kind of tied into the Vaia conversation here like this, there is the talent. I think yes. there's a lot of talent okay. here, right? And I think, you know, what I just identified about in the machine learning space to have those people because when you hear this and some of the things we've listened to in the last couple of days when they say things like you know in the next 10 years half of these jobs aren't going to exist i get that but the ones that are going to exist we have to line up the talent pool and the educational system to actually be turning that out we can all talk about big data it's like you know what is and my standing joke in what i'm doing because i'm not a technologist i probably know more than the average guy but I say it all the time, like I can spell AI, I can spell IoT, but what does that actually mean, mean right? Because that's a, you know, I mean, that's yeah. a segue into the <laughs> Internet of Things space. But that's a, and in fact, where we play, yeah. we're actually in the industrial Internet of Things, right. which is... What does that mean? What's, it, what's the difference between IoT and industrial and IoT? And the example, I guess, I would lay out is that from an, an IoT standpoint... Mm -hmm. To use the analogy of put a sensor on something, a piece of equipment, okay. you kind of, you know, maybe you track that, maybe a company's tracking a tool on a job site so they don't lose it. That's kind of a one-to-one -one relationship, okay. and that's, I would put that, that's an Internet of Things application. Industrial Internet of Things, so some of the things we're looking at is like building management of like, a, so a whole tower gets built, office tower, picture that, downtown Vancouver, Day one, they kind of go, here's the keys, you now own the building. In the old days, it'd be like, oh, here's all these binders and your manuals and all that. <laughs> now we just kind of hand over a file that says, here's your parts list. It ties to your asset management. It's a whole holistic approach cool. into the property and real estate space. So now you're segueing into my interest, which is property technology, exactly. right? Correct. Okay, interesting. Which I get, I think, and interesting enough, so we're talking to some big construction companies yeah. who are now hiring, like, VPs of innovation. Right. And that I think, right. so to answer again, I apologize, I'm, I'm good at doing okay. this, but the industrial internet of things is I would then go, let's like look at, you know, a factory 
and encompassing all, all of those pieces in and how do you look at your whole enterprise okay. holistically and some of that is, hey, if we can bring in all the sensors and do all these things, there's a company that's at this thing that does that for trains. It's a Vancouver Island company, you know, the train comes into the things, they're analyzing all the parts on the train, it's proactive maintenance. Right. So it's just, in, it's just a larger scale. Right. Perfect. Well, I have a question about, we're here at the Vancouver Island Economic Summit. You volunteer on the board? I do. Okay. And how sure. long have you been doing that? Uh, this is year four. I'm chairing the board this year. Cool. So that's exciting. Nice. Thank yeah. you. I mm -hmm. uh, appreciate that because I know Thank it's a you. hell of a lot of work to pull up 600 What's collaborators up? into a space and get some work done. Um, what was, what's your, what's your big goal with being involved at the Vancouver Island Economic Alliance level? What's I think I'm going to be bold Yay. and speak on behalf of, I believe, the the business folks yes. that are formulate the committees and we're the guys sitting around, guys yeah. and gals that are sitting around those tables, is that we believe, with some of the work we're doing at VIA, is Vancouver Island's a beautiful place to live. There's lots of companies, lots of things that have been here. And the analogy I would make is, and I hate to say mom and pop because that sounds small, and there's lots of very successful businesses that we don't know about because they're exporting and they're doing mm -hmm. all that. What we're saying is you and I can start a company next week and we are moving right along and, and we encounter in organic growth. So we kind of go along and the company just clicks. We're now in a global economy and everybody always goes, oh, if you're a tech company, you have to think global from the onset. True. Uh, we're in a global economy, period. If I'm the sandwich shop, I'm counting the local people. But on the larger scale, so the thought process is let's move from organic to scale. And that's a, that's a mindset. And you've planning your company that way and then growing into it and doing all of those things. And that's taking all the great people. We may not have the infrastructure, the talent pool, but we can figure all that out and start it here. And there's lots of cases that we can do that. And we are doing that. So if I was to put that in a tweet, are you suggesting that we're looking at a whole entire region, taking this whole entire region and kind of running it like a company? Well, that sounds a little out of the box. But yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, I mean, you're 100%. looking at all of these pieces, right? 100%. And all the dynamics of the talent and the communities and the governments and the thing and and saying, hey, we can, like with the Island Good campaign, which is totally another topic, but, um, you know, we've increased sales 16% to see the best case of all of these people collaborating. Correct. 100%. Awesome. Yeah. And that, you know what, there's the, the magic word you just delivered is, is the collaboration piece. And, right. and I've heard it, and maybe I'm, you know, biased to the VIE organization because I'm involved, but there's people here from Victoria because I think I'm working the Victoria market putting my VIE hat on. So we've got some more folks up from there this year. And I get people in here. It's like what they're amazed at is the conversations that take place, right? They're open, they're transparent. And it's like we can actually get things done. So if we've got a global audience right now. Majority are Canadian, and we definitely have some American listeners. Ironically, Brazil. We have a lot of Brazilian okay. listeners. Um, uh, you know, what's the one thing that Bahia can offer to say, boom, as an open invitation, say we're open for business? What, what's the what's the one message that you'd love to communicate well, I think, to that whole audience? And I think you might have just summarized it. We're open for business. Vancouver Island is open for business, right? Come come to us with ideas. That's what we're saying. When If you take the summit, the mandate of the summit, we have all these sessions, and all that, it's to start conversations. Because out of the conversations, we will start thinking at the board level of, so 
what sessions do we want to have next year? Not because we think this is a great idea, it's because People we heard asked. this 27 thing. Yeah. The foreign trade zone that we were successful in getting Vancouver LA designated at last year, that started out as a group of guys, I was on that committee three years ago, that were folks in the advanced manufacturing space. They were all kind of looking at all these things. Eventually they went, hey, you know, we all have this one, let's call it a pain Common point. Pain point, yeah. One, if we did this. So we figured it out. We took, I wouldn't say took the federal government to task. We challenged because we were the only non-government organization to get this designation and we got the whole island. So in Ottawa, they're going, well, Victoria can apply, Nanaimo can apply, and we're like, nope. No, we want to do it collectively. We had to get a letter of support from every city and every municipality on Vancouver Island to submit that. That's collaboration. Awesome.